Studios of WORQ in Wisconsin. This is the Stand Up for the Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up for the Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. We're ready for another great podcast, and we've got a, a phenomenal guest, as always. Um, we're going to talk about some issues that are affecting our children. That would include Christian children. That would include, if you're going to a good church, um, kids are still being influenced when they go to the public schools or from Hollywood, social media, Democrat Party, corporations. We're going to talk about Target. We're going to name names. We're going to talk about a lot of corporations that have gone woke and how you can respond as a Christian and as a parent. But I want to bring on Pastor Steve Smotherman, author and senior pastor of Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's one of my favorite patriot pastors, preaches the whole counsel of God, refuses to compromise on crucial Issues involving faith, truth, religious freedom. He and his wife, Cynthia, have three children and eight grandkids. Steve Smotherman, welcome back to the podcast. Well, it's an honor to be with you again. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Do you, so since the last time you were on, do, we, do you have any more grandkids? Or are we keeping up okay? <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. I think that's my, I've had. I've got them all now. Okay. <laughs> all right, Steve, there's a lot of uh, legal issues going on, um, battles state by state, and this is where we need to take up certain fights at the local level. We're going to get to some of those and get an update on uh, your past battles with your governor there in New Mexico. But I want to talk about Legacy Academy uh, because so many churches should or could be educating and building and equipping strong Christian children. I think that's such an important thing in this day and age, knowing the state of the government-run uh, Marxist-infused uh, education system. So tell us about Legacy Academy and what you guys are doing. Well, we, we started a school, um, I think, about 14 years ago. and Went from K-4 to 8th grade, and then, uh, you know, uh, the other day was our third graduating senior class, so we've grown it. And, um, you know, I, you look around at the Catholic Church, and, you know, wherever they established churches, they would always have a school hmm. so they could teach their children their beliefs. And the Christian Church, you know, a lot of pastors say, oh, school's a hassle, you know, and and it is when you're dealing with parents and kids and, you know, all the <laughs> dynamics there. But, yeah. but, man, what a way to give children and families an opportunity to be in a school system like our school is a discipleship school so you have to be a believer to be in it i believe parents are paying for the education as well as the atmosphere the environment mm -hmm. and so um you know we we do that so these kids are getting the word of god every day in their hearts and minds Amen. you know the average christian if you believe the southern baptist convention studies you know once every four to five, six weeks they show up for church, so their kids maybe get 30 minutes of Bible um, a week, if that, or maybe four or five weeks, and then they're in the school system being indoctrinated through the most ungodliest, um, you know, socialism, communism, uh, all the stuff with the homosexual stuff, and, it, and, it's, and, and it's crazy. So I, I do believe 
it is the counsel of God to have churches start schools, you know, or, you know, get together with other churches if you're too small and start, you know, give these parents and kids another option. Amen. Amen. I would just like to piggyback on what you said and read from your church's uh, Legacy Academy a page where it says about us. It's so important. I love the wording of this, Pastor Steve. In partnering with the child's family and church, it is our role to train, prepare, equip its students with the spiritual, academic, emotional, physical, and social tools to make a difference for God throughout their lives. As a discipleship school, we seek to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ and instill in students the ability to defend their faith as well as their Lord and Master when called upon to do so. We require each family to be attending a Bible-believing church. Every subject will be taught with the consciousness that all truth is God's truth and that Jesus Christ is central in all learning and living. The ultimate goal is that students grow in relationship with Jesus and become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Uh, Pastor Steve, if this was happening in more churches across the country, we wouldn't have the cultural confusion and some of the chaos that we're seeing that has even crept into the church today, I believe. And, and I totally agree. I I think if more pastors would just preach the whole gospel, we wouldn't have some <laughs> mm-hmm. of these issues. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we saw it in COVID. They they came after the church. I've been told, I don't, I've not verified these statistics, but I know there was at least 370, 380,000 churches in America, and now they said there's 260-something, that we've lost a third of the churches during COVID, mm-hmm. and they came after the church um, to, to nullify us, mm-hmm. to, to yep. put us on the sidelines say you don't matter and i and you know so i'm grateful for the pastors that i'm meeting people like yourself and mary that you know stand up and fight for our our country but fight for righteousness and and so i think we we need it all we we need that we need to protect our kids and we're not doing a great job doing that yeah yeah um I was involved when uh, we had Appleton Christian School. I was involved at the beginnings of that, and and there were many challenges. You know, finding good teachers, make you know, having the parents be proactively involved in that mm. sort of thing. And I know every community is different, but did you find that you had some challenges uh, establishing it and getting enough really solid teachers and all that? What were some of the challenges, if any, that mm. that you encountered in getting this going? How long have you had this uh, school? Fourteen years, right? Oh, Fourteen years. Somewhere in the fourteen or fifteen, yeah. okay. but you know, there, there's always challenges in anything you want to build or grow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously, we have the same challenges anybody else does, especially in New Mexico, where there's a shortage of teachers mm-hmm. and getting teachers to come, you know, to a Christian environment and keeping the good ones. And right. for instance, our state, we have so many move out of state. You know, <laughs> Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Arizona. You know, they, they move to America because we're the People's Republic of New Mexico. And, uh, <laughs> And they, uh, there's, and so, you know, that there was challenges. There's, you know, any, you know, anytime you grow something, there's always those issues of growth. And, um, so we've had them, but, you know, we keep plowing through and fighting through. And, you know, we're, we're able to, because of the church, we're able to pay our teachers a little better than just being a, you know, an entity in and of itself. And, uh, so, you know, that's a big deal. These teachers need to get paid and they give a lot. And so, uh, but, you know, there's challenges, parent challenges, kid challenges, you know, today. You know, when I was a kid, if I came home and told my dad the football coach said this the first, or did this to me, the first thing he would say was, what did you do wrong? <laughs> today, you know, a, a parent, uh, you know, a kid goes home because they've been corrected by a teacher or someone in the school system, and, and it's never, what did my kid do wrong? It's, you're wrong. And 
we 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 take the kid side over adult side because we we don't honor authority and so what we try to instill in our our kids and our young men and women that attend our school that that we submit to the authority of God and thus for we submit to the authority of his word Amen. and um and, and that's what we try to instill in them and by the way friends um for our newer listeners pastor Steve uh, was one that fought against his governor to keep his church open during COVID. And I mean, there were some restrictions in New Mexico about how many people you were allowed to have. And, and Steve, just condense that for us. Tell us a little update. Are, the, are all the lawsuits done? I'm, I'm sure they are. I think you won uh, at least one of them. Can you give uh, our newer listeners a little update on what happened? Yes, we, you know, when the governor tried to shut down our state, I think it was the New York Times, I believe it was, that you know, said New Mexico was the most locked down state in all of America. And then at one point she said, you can only have five people in your church, no matter how big it was. You're like we have 155,000 square feet. And she said in those facilities, you could have a total of five people. Jeez. And, and I just said, no. And then it was like, you can only have 25%. Well, I'm not that good at math. I, I just, <laughs> I don't know what that you know, so, um, and, and, you know, so we just fought it. We took her to federal court. Um, they said we lost, but really when you were in the courtroom, they acquiesced and said we're not going to do anything to them. So we said we needed, I think, 30 or 50 people to run the online because um, we did that for a little while. But we were never closed uh, totally. We always had people in our sanctuary. And then mm-hmm. I got tired of it, and we just opened up, and we just let everybody come and be who they are. No masks, no, no dumb stuff, no social distance distancing they're grown-ups they can decide for themselves how they want to live and um and that's the god's way and the american way yeah and uh, so we fought uh we took it to uh the 10th circuit court of appeals um and at that point the judge was trying to help our attorneys out said uh well you know how can i what what do you need here what are you asking us for because it's you've gotten everything you've wanted and so what would happen is every time we took this Governor to court, who I think is very, very evil um, and wicked. Um, you know, she would change the mandates. Even one judge said it seems like every time we start to come to court, she changes right before we come to court. Mm. And so she would try to change it to where our court, uh, what we're fighting for, suing for, uh, was null and void. And so at the end, though, um, we uh, we got fined uh, by the governor. Uh, you know, and then we got fined by OSHA, who's run by the state. So she sticked OSHA on us and we got fined $5,000 from them. And when it was all said and done, we paid them nothing. Um, they withdrew all the fines. Praise God. Because I kept telling, I, I would tell them publicly, I'm not paying you a dime. I don't care if I go to jail. You're not getting any of God's money. Mm. And, uh, thank you. They even said, well, we'll drop 5000 uh, of the $10,000 fine if you'll give $5,000 to charity. And our attorney said, hey, that's a good deal. You get out of it. I said, no, they're not going to tell me where I direct money. <laughs> um, and, 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 and by the way, the church is not a charity. It's, it's God's house. It's his way of working in the earth and mm-hmm. his vehicle that he uses. And, and so I said, nope. And so we took them to court again, and then they dropped all of it. Awesome. So when I say we won, I got up and announced, folks, I told you we wouldn't pay, and we won. And guess what? No media no nothing. Before that, every time they thought we lost, they would be a big deal on the news. And when we won, um, there was nothing. And so we won. We didn't pay a penny, and we stayed open, and we ignored her and all the mandates and said, come get us if you want. 
Boy, it's just amazing what we went through, Pastor Steve. I mean, there, there was the, the government saying, church, you're non-essential in America. The Church of Jesus Christ in America is non-essential. What a slap in the face of a holy God. And as you said, his people, his church, it is God's church. It's not the government's church. But thank you for taking a stand. I you know, always wish that more pastors would have and church leaders but um, I'm, I'm very thankful for your stand. And that's why we have you back on the podcast. I believe you can inspire some smaller church pastors and leaders trying to deal with some of these issues. We're going to get into the, the LGBT, the transgender issue in just a little bit. We're going to talk about that, and I know you've been dealing with that as well. But I just want to thank you for your stand. And by the way, for uh, people, if you don't remember, uh, Steve uh, and I met at a Liberty Pastors conference in Dallas, Texas, I think in I think in 2020, if I remember right, but um, when people were fighting over the mask mandates. By the way, Steve, how many people from Legacy Church uh, died during the super spreader events that you held? Well, not not nearly enough. I mean, before all the super spreader events, we had some folks, you know, go to the hospital. But, yeah, they kept calling us that. The governor referred to us. They were super spreaders, and it never happened. I mean, mm. people did get sick. Mm-hmm. And a few, of course you know, passed away. Um, but, you know, I, I really blame that more on the doctors for um, putting them on ventilators and the revisidaire. Yeah. And, and they knew the ventilators were, were the worst thing. In fact, my own medical doctor, I asked him, I said, would you let him put you on a ventilator? He said, absolutely not. He said, two things happen. You either die or you have lung damage. And uh, he said, I wouldn't do it. And I'm thinking, he, he's an MD, he won't do it. And um, and so, David, I... I uh, uh, it never happened like they said. They kept calling us that all yep. over. And I, well, that's what they did so. to try to instill fear. And, oh, churches are rebelling and they're causing people to die. When now we know, don't we, hindsight, the COVID protocols themselves and how they handled people. And, by the way, Andrew Cuomo and others, that was, happen- that was in New York. He took no responsibility for the tens of thousands, I believe, that died there, particularly in the nursing homes. But let's let's go back to another issue now that we have to deal with here because – um, this is going to be state to state since Roe v. Wade was overturned. And praise God, Steve, I don't think we've had you on since uh, Roe was overturned. Um, it's now a state battle, but we've got to fight even harder. And I believe New Mexico or uh, Albuquerque is a sanctuary city or state for abortion. To Give us an update. Well, yes. I mean, our governor passed the most atrocious um, laws to murder babies. In fact, she embraces it. She brags about it. New Mexico is, uh, or Albuquerque is the uh, partial birth abortion capital of the United States. Um, we've been that for a while, and um, um, so she, she, she. Then she took a law we had that restricted some abortions, and she, you know, her and the Democrats. The Democrats have run the state and the legislature for over ninety years, and um, so she just keeps passing it. She's building uh, abortion clinics on the borders, so people. From Texas can come over. Wow. They call it abortion tourism. Jeez. And so, I mean, and then we have the first satanic abortion clinic, I think, in America here. And she's partnered with them. And you have to go through this whole ritual before they give you whatever they give you to kill the baby. And um, it, it's sickening. And, um, you know, we fight. We fight. We're now trying to sign petitions to try to overturn some of these things in New Mexico. And, um, it, it's just terrible. I mean, this this governor, you know, I've been saying for three years now she's wicked, she's evil, 
and and people have you know come against me some here and other pastors say you shouldn't say that and i said why shouldn't we say the truth mm. now we're realizing how wicked she is all she cares about is killing babies so some of our smaller communities have passed ordinances where they won't allow some of the stuff that kills babies into their cities and now she's going after them and uh and so the the south the southern part of new mexico a lot of that is very conservative and where i live is so liberal mm. i mean it's it's anti-God liberal. Of course. Well, it's amazing what what you just said. It's a sanctuary city, and you co- abortion tourism. Just stop mm. and think about that phraseology, mm. the way you put that. And California, Illinois, there's some other states doing the exact same thing because there are states around them that have bans on abortion. And by the way, Steve, what what are your thoughts on the political ping pong that we have endured since 1973 on the issue of life in the womb? And here we are today. Now we have an opportunity to save more lives. Well, I mean, I think the overturning of Roe versus Wade was correct and right. And, you know, we were one of the churches that got up and, you know, embraced it and said, man, what a great victory. Um, probably the biggest victory we've had in the Supreme Court and with all those years. And, mm. and so I, I, you know, it, and, and, and I don't understand why we're fighting over murdering babies. Even before I was safe, yeah. I, it wasn't right to murder babies. I mean, and isn't it crazy? I mean, our laws are so dumb that, and people have bought into the lie. It's a woman's right to choose. Well, she has the right to her own body. Yeah. Except that there was COVID. You had no rights, and so it, it, none of it makes sense. And you, you can go get pregnant if you want, but you don't have the right to murder and uh, any baby. And and you know, people say, "Well, with their unwanted, we can't take care of them." And I said, "Or you know, rape and all that." And I said, "But every child has the ability to be loved. Mm-hmm. Every child." Mm-hmm. And and the question is, are we going to love them? Are we going to love our convenience? Are we going to be, you know, even the church world? You know, I've had people leave our church because we said abortion's wrong. And they said they agree. So I've got up and said many times, if you believe that killing a baby is right, then you cannot be a believer. Mm-hmm. You cannot be a Christian. Mm-hmm. If you believe that the homosexual lifestyle, that God ha- somehow made him that way, you can't be a believer. You, how do you believe in God and believe that that's okay or that, that God did that to somebody? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think those are the truths that need to be taught. You know, when we come to Christ, we carry our cross and follow him. Will we make mistakes? Yes, but we repent of those mistakes. And so, to me, murder is the number one issue for me in, in voting um, or anything. You just we, we have to we have to defend the defenseless. Amen, amen. So, Steve, along the lines of what you just said, why do you think? Give us your pastor's perspective on why. Even in the Christian or evangelical church and the denomination, of, of course, in America, there's kind of a split or debate on the issue of life in a human mother's womb. Why? How did we get here? Well, I think we've gotten here from uh, the pulpits of America not teaching the Bible and um, allowing the world to dictate who we are without mm-hmm. fighting back. You know, we're haters. We're we're all this, and the opposite is the truth. Mm. Um, and we, we've, we've allowed the world to shame us into silence. And, um, and we've been so indoctrinated with the world. I mean, the average Christian, if they go to church, they get 30 minutes of the Bible. Um, most Christians are pulpit-fed. And if there's not being taught life, um, mm. then, then they, they believe anything. Mm. And so they're getting inundated from the world and its views, and 
I even hear Christians say, well, it's a woman's right to choose. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. What? They know more about the world than they do God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. and that's the problem. Well, here's what I say to people who I've heard that from people. I can't believe it. I'll say, okay. From Christians? I'll say, however yeah. old yeah. you are, let's go back 10 years, and you were, say, 30. Was that you? Well, yeah. Let's go back to when you were 10. Was that you? Yeah. What about when you were one? Was that you? Yeah. Okay, so how about a month before you were born, or two months, or three <laughs> months before you were born, or six weeks? Was that still you? Because if your mother had taken that life, guess what? There's no you. Mm. And I wish people would understand the context of the entire lifetime of a person and all the people that never saw the light of day because of this. And, and they just look at they just look at me like, what? I never mm. thought about that. But mm. it is it is you, and people need to have the full context and. Ah, uh, Albuquerque! Wow, New Mexico—that's yeah, that's, just well, heartbreaking. We don't—we can't look down our noses at you guys, yeah. Pastor Steve, because we have Madison, which is known uh-huh. as Moscow East here in Wisconsin. So <laughs> we can't no, say, well, no. Albuquerque. You know, it, we are a split state, though, for the most part. We're split red and blue. But when it comes to the capital, when it comes to Madison, oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. So there's new levels of evil, and this mm-hmm. is not surprising. Nothing takes God off guard. He's not up there going, oh, my goodness, I didn't think they'd be this depraved. No, God is fully aware. This is the heart of man. So I appreciate your strong words back in April, uh, Pastor Steve, when you were uh, you know, coming against what they were calling the reproductive services, and they were promoting it, the legislators, Andrea Romero and from Santa Fe and uh, Matthew McQueen, from also from Santa Fe, the Democrats, that you said are utter reprobates, just like Governor Michelle Grisham, Queen of murdering babies. I don't know of any pastors that actually talk that way. Some do, but not enough, let alone put it out there on social media. And I don't know why you haven't been censored or shadow banned on social media, because I am all for this free speech and, and for you to speak your mind like that. But, man, God, I think God is protecting you and your your ability to get this out there, because you very strong words, but I, I agree 100%, Pastor Steve. Well, that's because they probably don't even know what a reprobate is. They probably thought I complimented them. And, uh, <laughs> because I even have Christians say, what's a reprobate? I said, don't you read your Bible? I mean, go to Romans 1. He talks, it's a person that has no wrong or right. They don't, they don't know, they don't, good is, is evil and evil is good. And so they, um, and, and so you know what? It's time. We have to speak truth to power, and and these folks are evil, mm. and and we we we're, we're obligated. It's it's our when you became a believer, we we were called by God to defend the defenseless. Mm. Even with this homosexual stuff in our schools, the churches don't don't say anything. We're trying to love people. You know, I, I say this a lot. The world could care less that they offend each and every Christian that's a true believer right. in this country. Yep, that's they're, right. They're bold. They're brash. They don't care. And then we have Christians, you know, that I think are Millie Mouth saying, well, we don't want to offend them. That is not my call. Mm -hmm. That is not. We don't get to dictate, well, God, your words are a little too strong here, so I don't (laughs) want to tell them. Um, We have to be mean-spirited, but we still have to tell the truth. Because that's the only thing that sets people free. And we have to to fight. And if we, you know, when, when they told us we were essential, we said, a lot of churches said, yes, we are. First time in history they didn't ask us to pray and, and, and help those hurting, and and it's crazy. And um, and, and I thought, you know what, you don't get to dictate that. And people said, well, you got to honor the governors. We honor the Constitution. In fact, our Constitution is talking about we the people. 
And that's what we honor. We don't honor a, a person. We honor our Constitution. If they violate that, mm-hmm. we have every right by God to say, no, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen here. And and it's too bad more churches in America didn't value and and love God enough. We've become lovers of God. And, 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 I mean, we become lovers of pleasure, not lovers of God. Yes, mm-hmm. well, and we we seek we seek that because when we're lover of God, mm-hmm. we we naturally go against this yeah. culture and what it's believing and doing. Yeah. Well, this article, um, a local article for you, pro-abortion Dems planning showdown at pro-life Edgewood meeting. I mean, this clash of worldviews. Uh, they don't mind, like you were saying, they don't mind pushing and They're pushing and proud. pushing. They're proud. Yes, right? and so we have ide- ideologies and worldviews at war here, and a lot of Christians don't even know. I mean, everyone has a worldview. Every human has a worldview. Why are Christians not understanding the worldview and and acting on the worldview in the same way that these Dems, I mean, they're planning a showdown. They're planning a pushback. What what can we do to get Christians to understand to what engage. their world to engage yeah. based on their worldview? Well, you know what? That's the you know the struggle for the church is to make disciples. But the question would be, what kind of disciples are we making? Are we making disciples of Christ, disciples of culture, disciples of people? And and it's just teaching the unadulterated Word of God, mm. and and let it fall on ears that hear or don't hear. And mm. if I'm preaching that Jesus is the only way and you get offended, here's my words. I don't care. If I'm teaching you that abortion's wrong, you get offended, I don't care. And too many pastors are worried about in fact there's a pastor own city that spoke up a little bit about the homosexual transgender stuff and then he said, Well I'm not gonna post this on social media because I'm afraid I'm gonna get cancelled. And I'm like, What? Who who cares if the world cancels us unless God Amen. does Amen. We're still here. Amen. And uh, and we have to come out with an attitude that we don't care what they say. We <laughs> we care more about what God says. And we have to teach people to stand. To, to and, and it's okay to stand. And don't let the world shame you into silence. And, you know, and there's a book I read by uh, uh, Metaxas and, um, you know, A Letter to the American Church. Mm-hmm. And, and it and he just articulated what we've been fighting and doing. Yes. Um, you know. COVID and before COVID, when we were fighting homosexual marriage and and all the things and abortion here and and um, and and you know and and there's very few churches when he contrasted Bonhoeffer in the 1930s. It, it's no different. We yes. have to have people in the pulpit that have backbones and actually believe the Bible, Amen. and a lot of them don't. Mm. They believe it, and as long as it's convenient or doesn't cause any pushback, I have people tell me all over town. All over time, all the time in our town. Yeah, I go to this church. It's never been criticized. I said, yeah, because it's never done anything. Ooh. If you're going to lead, you're going to be criticized, whether it's the boss at work or whatever. And so when you're standing for righteousness, you're going to be, you know, criticized and persecuted some. And we're to count it all joy. So when these people tell me, yeah, my church, we just, we just never get that. I said, because you don't stand for anything and believe anything. And um, because, uh, you know, when we stand for righteousness, it goes against the culture, and they're going to attack. That's the way they function. What do we do? We we want to hide and say, let's just love them. I'm like, let's love them by, you know, popping them back and saying, we, we, don't, we don't have to believe what you tell us to believe. We believe this, and we believe it unashamedly. Amen. 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 And by the way, one of the struggles is fear, the fear of man. 
Um, and that's, I think the media does a good job of that, putting pressure on Christians. You, you know, hate speech, you're homophobes, you're racist, you're uh, transphobes, all these different labels. And my goodness, if that's the worst thing that's going to happen to us in this Christian life, we have no understanding of the early church and the, the, the men and women that have died through the centuries, the martyrs. But anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. Um, we've got to take a break in a minute, Pastor Steve, but we are speaking with Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I want to say, um, I thought of a scripture when you were talking because the fear of man kept coming up, and that's what, unfortunately, some people in the church, not all, but some, um, are kind of concerned about the approval of man rather than the approval of God. Well, Hebrews 13, 6 and 7 says, We confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and consider the result of their conduct. Imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know you'll say a big amen to that, Steve, because it's Scripture. You have to agree with me. <laughs> oh, no, I totally agree. That's a great Scripture. Amen, brother. I said it. There you go. Well, you know, there's a psalm that I've been sharing recently, Psalm 112, verse 6, 7, and 8, right around there. It says, uh, the, the righteous will not be ashamed. He will, he will not fear bad news. And I think we are pay too much attention to the news sometimes and what people are saying and the accusations and who's the accuser of the brethren we know who it's satan but anyway mary danielson david fioraz will be right back with pastor steve smotherman we're going to talk about how we can overcome the pride agenda and a lot more how can christians respond next feedback questions and topic suggestions are always appreciated Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. All right, we've got to know um, what's going on here state by state. And what's happening when you see these protests, we, we're, we're going to help you connect some dots now. Um, it's happening in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Pastor Steve can speak to that uh, in a minute. But right here in our own state of Wisconsin, over uh, Appleton, uh, out of Gamey County, there are uh, protests going on because one man stood up at a school board meeting and he was concerned about young girls or children and public restrooms with the transgender legislation and the so the activists got together they uh, brought this uh, county board meeting to a halt and called for this member's resignation and Mary and I are going to talk about that but Steve you've had these protests there in, in Albuquerque and and we're connecting the dots because some of these are openly Marxist and socialist, and there's even some Satanists that are backing this transgender movement. And so before we get into the details of what's happening here, uh, just share any recent news and any recent events there uh, with our listeners about the fight over the transgender issue. Well, I mean, we're, I mean, our, our state legislature and the governor passed some horrific laws for teachers a kid walks up and says, hey, I'm pregnant, I need an abortion. They're supposed to give them all the material. Or, hey, I'm a boy, but I, I'm, you know, I'm really a girl. They're supposed to give them material and give them direction, or they can be fined um, mm-hmm. for not doing it. And so what we've done in New Mexico is we're trying to get these petitions signed where if we get enough of them, I don't know if it's 200,000 or something like that, we can actually start overturning some of these things. Mm. And I didn't know that that was our, how we did it, could do it in New Mexico. Because we can't recall a governor or 
someone like that. We just, it, we don't have, it's not in our constitution. And so we're fighting back. You know, I get up and talk about it all the time. And, um, you know, and, and I make no bones about it. I said, you better never see, uh, you know, a guy walking into a, a bathroom where my wife or daughter is. I don't care what the law is. That won't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we have to start, you know, pushing back. We had a guy, we had a function that we hosted in our church, and this girl walked in, and one of our guys looked at her and said she was dressed like a boy. So he went to the restroom, come walking out. She was walking in. Mm. And he looked at her and said, oh, no, you're not coming in here. And she goes, well, this is the bathroom I want to use. He said, I don't care what you want to use. You're going to go use the girl's bathroom because that's who you are. And, boy, this this girl got all pissy, and I identify. Well, you can identify outside the church. Mm. You wow. don't get to identify. You're not going to. And that's the stands we have to take. And yes. those are the stands we are taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve, I noticed now um, several articles about the Albuquerque Public School Board. There was a, a board member, Courtney Jackson, proposed a school policy that, oh, believe it or not, would include parental rights and responsibilities, you know, parental access to confidential records like counseling notes, whether they would have a gender support plan in place in the school or a safe zone or whatever. Uh, and the the people that are putting these articles out, this one is liberationnews.org. It's the, and the masthead says, Newspaper of the Party of Socialism and Liberation. And wow. so they go on to call her homophobic, transphobic, white nationalist, well-funded white right-wing group founded by elite right-wing operatives, blah, blah, blah. They, it's they're out there. They're telling you exactly what they think. And this is what we're up against. You know, we're up against uh, socialist uh, yeah. reconstruction in our country. Um, so the debate is parental rights there? Yeah. Is that what this parental, person's standing for? They're standing for parental wow. rights so that parents can be involved in this and not be kept in the dark. And I guess the socialists and the Marxists have an awful lot to say about that. How did we get here, Steve, well, where, where they are the number one uh, group that is that is coming against these particular uh, parental rights issues? Well, I, I believe we've gotten here because the church um, hasn't taken its rightful place. You know, we went from, you know, the charismatic movement, you know, the 70s and 80s to the seeker-sensitive movement because of the excesses in that and, the seeker-sensitive movement, I think, really helped destroy the church. And mm-hmm. it was um, to, to where we look today because it was like you come to God on your own terms and you figure, you know, and he has no say in your life. You just decide. And um, we come to God on his terms. We humble ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we just, we just quit preaching it, period. And we're here because, you know, the Christianity is the, is the, faith and the only real faith and it's the faith of freedom and that's why in our constitution it's not freedom of speech or freedom of the press it's first it's, it's freedom of religion and and that's what keeps us safe and these people their religion now is is environmental stuff the homosexual stuff the, yep, right. that's for faith and they they stand strong for it and here we are believing in the only true god and and we're, we're afraid yeah um you know it's just like god that we don't have the spirit of fear unless there's COVID. And and I've said this like this many times. The church got punched in the mouth, and we couldn't take a punch, and it's because of our prosperity. We don't need God. People mm-hmm. don't have to believe God for their food every day. Or mm-hmm. Most people don't have to please, believe God to live in a place or, or get clothes. And, and so God has met the needs, and in our prosperity, we have just rejected Him. They worship the creation 
instead of the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so when you do that, what does the devil want to do? Control everything. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you've got to get rid of the church and because we're the, we stand in the gap. And that's what's happened. We, and we've said, okay. You know, you told us to close down. We said, okay. Who, sure. who gave them the right to tell us what to do? Right. And um, not in this country. Mm. And, and, you know, people... People have not sacrificed anything. You know, mm-hmm. my dad's dead today because and he died early because of Vietnam, and he was in Korea also, and he got hurt in Korea. And um, and, and so we've sacrificed some things, but when there's no sacrifice, then all you want is a handout. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And I think that the church, too, is uninformed about what's going on in the world and why they should even care. Because when I look at this uh, Outagamie uh, County board meeting and this gentleman who basically said there are two genders and restrooms aren't interchangeable, um, you know, based on the whims of the transgender movement, well, now we have activists, uh, tra- they're called trans rights activists, and they brought the next meeting to a halt. Well, yep. who are these activists? Well, I'm going to tell you who they are. Connect some dots. And here. this is Happy Valley. Okay, this is Happy Valley, Wisconsin. <laughs> and it says, activists from Freedom Road Socialist Organization, which is Marxist and Maoist, Esther, and that's an acronym, but that's an interfaith social justice movement, and Appleton SDS, which is Students for a Democratic Society, which you probably know is from uh, the mid, mid to late 60s, basically founded for the to protest and to you know work with the civil rights movement, but also to protest Vietnam. Um, and it was based on a manifesto by Tom Hayden, which I believe was Jane Fonda's husband, Tom mm-hmm. Hayden. Um, and it became increasingly mil- militant. It grew into the Weather Underground with Bill Ayers and yep. Bernadine Dorn. Rick Warren was in the SDS in uh, wow. when he was in college. A lot of people don't know that. But basically, when you look it up, it'll say it is now defunct. It is not defunct. There is an Appleton SDS. And, and now, so, Steve, Appleton, Wisconsin, is what's the population there? 70-some thousand? 80,000 here. 80,000, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've got communist and socialist groups that are fully, they're funded, that are act, they're shutting down county meetings. I mean, I'm looking at some of the yeah. signs in the protest. Trans women are women. Well, what's a trans What's a trans woman? It's a man. So they're saying men are women, um, and they they need this. They're against transphobia. But I want to say to you who are local, who are in Outagamie County, please support this man. Support support the Outagamie County Supervisor Tim Hermes. He's getting attacked. For being transphobic, if you live in that county, look up the articles. Make sure you know what's going on and how he's being attacked because it doesn't look like he has much public support. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard a church leader or pastor speak to this issue, Steve. But I'm I'm writing a new book, and one of the chapters is going to be, what would our great grandparents think? Steve Smotherman, you brought up your your dad, or I think it was your dad or your grandfather who who you know fought in the wars. I think you said grandfather, but. That generation, they fought for the freedoms that we now enjoy, but they would flip if they mm-hmm. knew some of the conversations and some of the debates we were having in the public square. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think they would they would roll over in their grave. That, mm-hmm. You know, even the people that weren't, like, born again and believed in God, they, they believed in right and wrong. And, and, and can you imagine we're fighting over how many genders? God made two, period. Yeah. And um, you're either a man or a woman. And we, we haven't, people have no identity, so they're trying to identify with all their feelings. And, and then we let the homosexual movement recruit our kids. Russia won't allow it. China won't allow it. <laughs> These are communist nations. But here we allow, see, the homosexual movement, the thing that we've got to understand, it can't reproduce, so it recruits. 
well, where's the best way to recruit? Go get our kids. Children. Go teach right. them. This is normal. If you have a thought, whatever. Instead of teaching them, it's wrong. And, you know, we let the, the homosexuals call us all these phobics. Well, I made up my own. I, I tell them, you're normal phobic. You're afraid to be normal. And um, <laughs> That's good. And, and, and I tell them all the time, I say from the pulpit, I say it. I, you, you know, if you're normal phobe, then be normal phobe. You're afraid of just being normal. <laughs> and, and when, the, you know, that's why I tell people all the time, even from the pulpit, I say, why do we use in homosexual terms? You know, gays are homosexual terms, straight. I mean, they put us in a line of all these terms that they have, these 3,000, whatever it is now, genders that they've made up. And, and they put us in a list, and we use them. I never use the word gay. It means happy. Um, and and I, 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 I don't, I, I, they're homosexuals. They're lesbians. And, and they don't like it because it's a harsh term. And, and we, we, either, we either believe the word or we don't. And so if we're using their terms, then they've already won. Hmm. And people, you know, because it's just it's the way we've been indoctrinated. And, and I just refuse to allow that. And I think as Christians, we have to f- refuse um, their thinking. And we have to say, nope, your only hope is Jesus. And if you don't get right with God and repent of that, you're going to die and go to hell. We have hmm. to have a real realization there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun yes and um you know so and so many people you know that live in our world today uh for a lot of us this is as closest to hell as we'll get Mm. but uh, to a lot of people this is as closest to heaven as they'll ever get Mm. and it's our Mm. responsibility to go tell them about god and that god forgives so yes it's just a bad fight yeah well we want to just a piggyback on what you just said, Steve. Some people may think some, maybe some newer listeners, or if you're just tuning in and haven't heard this podcast, I'm sure you're thinking uh, Pastor Steve is being harsh or judgmental. Well, remember Jesus Himself confirmed and affirmed marriage between one man and one woman. Uh, look at Mark chapter 10, for example. He affirmed creation. Um, but I want to go to First Corinthians six verse nine real quick, talking about the unrighteous who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals. And then it thieves, covetous, drunkards. But I want to talk about those two terms, Steve, and let you share your thoughts on that. Effeminate, nor homosexuals. These are, that's both sides of the homosexual behavior. You've got the effeminate. I mean, we think, we think of the true history of the cities in the Bible in the Old Testament, Sodom and Gomorrah. They were actual cities that were destroyed. Well, that's the, the one who is sodomized is the effeminate. And the one who is doing the sodomizing is the homosexual, the male role in that behavior. So it's interesting in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Paul puts both uh, both parts of the homosexual behavior, the effeminate and homosexuals. And so people think we're saying things that Jesus never said or aren't in the Bible. No, it's in the Bible, Steve. Well, absolutely. It's all through the Scriptures. Yes. And, you know, people say, well, you're harsh and judgmental. Why, why don't we look at The world is harsh and judgmental. And, and, and so when I stand up for my beliefs, I'm harsh and judgmental. See, that's the weakness in the church. Either we fight for what's right or we don't. Either we stand for righteousness or we do not. And, and you know, the Apostle Paul's clear um, in Romans 1, where you just read. And it's so clear through the Scriptures. You know, you go back to the Old Testament, it's there. And so uh, my judgments are not based on my own ideals. My judgments are based on God's Word. Uh, 
And, and you know, people say, well, the Bible says judge not. No, it doesn't. It says just, you know, if I'm an alcoholic and you're an alcoholic, and I'm looking at you telling you to you should quit drinking, but I'm drinking away, then I'm just, he said, don't judge that way. Take the toothpick, uh, you know, take the beam out of your own eye before you pull the toothpick basically out of your neighbor's eye. So if I get delivered from alcoholism and I'm looking at my friend and saying, hey, man, you need to get, that alcoholism's wrong, drinking's wrong, you need to get free, that's a good judgment. We, we have no ideals of the scriptures, even like people believe in climate change. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say that, and I've never heard anybody talk about this. I just would meditate one day, reading the scriptures, and, you know, it's all about our carbon footprint. And I'm like, so, if you know, they, they say there's too many people on the earth, and that's the lie. The truth is, we, we don't have enough. Someone told me you could take all over 7 billion people and they could all stand shoulder to shoulder in the state of Florida. We, we have been duped into believing things that aren't true. And God said, be yes. fruitful and multiply in the beginning. Yes. And, and we, and, and that was eternal. Th- those words never end. Heaven mm-hmm. and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so if he told us to be fruitful and multiply, God is not stupid or small. He didn't make the earth too small. If we had 10 billion people, there would still be plenty of room. If we had 20 billion people, mm. there would still be plenty of room. And, well, and yet we've allowed the environmentalists that that is their faith and religion push that. And we sit back and say, well, we don't want to speak up. We don't want to be harsh. Mm. Well, maybe sometimes we do. Jesus called them vipers and snakes. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need to speak to the Protestantism, which so much of it is shipwrecked because of the inclusivity and the gender. Uh, DEI. Yeah. And Diversity, it's in equity, the inclusion. church. And I, I guess I use that in, in little air quotes because you have the true church, narrow is the way, few that find it. You have the wheat and the tares and that sort of thing. Um, how, how do we get this out of the church? Is that the church? I mean, I, I sometimes wonder if that is even the church. It's the visible church on earth, but... Um, this progressive uh, churchianity, um, and is there any hope for that? I mean, is that just reprobate at this well, point? Well, social justice. They, yeah. they have too many fell into the yeah. social justice. Right. Are, are they reprobate? I mean, you know, Steve, are they? Are these? Uh, are they ever going to repent? I guess is I might be answering my own question. Well, yeah, I don't. You know, only God knows if people repent. But if they don't know the truth, how can they repent? Mm-hmm. If they don't know what's mm-hmm. right, That's how sad. do they repent yeah. for something? Yeah. Because repent means changing your mind, changing your ways, changing your thinking, changing your direction of life. And if we don't tell them the truth, if we don't love them enough to tell them the truth, even though they may criticize, attack, you know, threaten, we, we still owe them the truth. And, and if once they hear the truth, then, then God can deal with their hearts and minds. But if you're never, never hearing the truth and all you're doing is listening to what's on TV and that, um, and the, and the media and, and, and all what the government pushes, then then that's all you're going to believe. Mm-hmm. And here's the church saying, well, we don't want to offend, and we don't mm-hmm. want to hurt people's feelings. And maybe some of them need to be offended a little bit, and maybe some of their feelings need to be hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if it leads to repentance, then that's a good thing. And But if, if you don't tell the truth, what do I repent to? I, I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And and that's the, that's the knock on the church. I think that's why God said that, He's going to judge teachers harsher mm-hmm. than he judges anybody else because you're leading and directing. And what we found out in the body of Christ, some of these big-time guys, these Hollywood guys that everybody looks to, they, they, they were leaders as long as it was easy. But when it became tough, they were silent. They led no more. Mm-hmm. And um, real leadership starts when it, when it gets tough, you know, when, when there's a fight. And it's easy to lead when everything's going good. 
But what about when it's not? And we saw there's very few leaders. There's very few leaders like you guys taking stands and standing out and saying, we're just not going to conform to this world any longer. Exactly. And that's the truth. Exactly. Um, Pastor Steve, we've talked about children, Christian children, education, the importance of that, of churches understanding the hours of influence and children spending time on social media with their peers who most of them, I'm sure, don't believe in God or are not Christian. So Christian kids have a lot that they have to deal with. So let's educate them properly. And thank you at Legacy Church for having the academy. Let's talk in the last five minutes or so about how Christians can respond to the corporate Wokeness, And there's an article over at Harbinger's Daily called Far Worse Than Bud Light. Target pride collections are actively trying to recruit children. Pastor Steve, since 2012, Target has had pride collections. They changed their bathroom policies in 2016, I believe, to accommodate transgender individuals, ignoring the safety of young women and children. They also have an ever-expanding selection of LGBTQ products, and some of the most recent ones are really disturbing. Um, what are the words? They've got uh, like this underwear that can, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to just say it here on the uh, air because it's really embarrassing, but for trans people, right? They've got uh, chest binders for girls, for women, young women, um, tucking swimsuits, things like that. And I just want to read what the target policy is and let you respond. We're making our message loud and clear. Target proudly stands with the LGBT community, both as a team member and team player, that through all we do, from our volunteer efforts to our longstanding partnerships with groups like the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network. End quote. So the CEO, Brian Cornell, has recently doubled down. People have been complaining about having these displays, LGBTQ rainbow displays of pride. So, Steve, a lot of Christians shop at Target. What are you going to tell them? Well, I'm going to tell them I think it's time we, we stop shopping there. The, the problem with that is is that no matter where you go, you know, what banking system yeah. you use, or what bank, they all support this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we live in the world, but we're not of the world. And, you know, I wouldn't, I just, I would never take my kids in there. I would never go there. And, and you know, not only is the, they, they selling this homosexual stuff or whatever, there's also satanic things within those. Yes. And I, you know, I want to sit back up. I've been preaching for over 25 years that the most dangerous movement in our country was the homosexual one. I was mocked by my peers. I was, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm telling you guys, any, and I would tell people, any, anyone that espouses this and doesn't understand their movement, and they just kept plugging along and plugging along, to making it normal. Yep. And the church stood silent. Well, you know, we don't want to say anything and, you know, we don't want to do anything. And, um, and it's like, well, wait a minute. We, we lost because we never fought. We, we didn't even get in the ring. Oh. We forfeited yes. because we were unwilling to stand. And, um, and it's just, it's a sad thing for these people that to never hear the truth that, you know what, you will die in this state and you will go to hell. Because, you know, Barna did a study, I think, a while back that said, what, about 50% of people don't even, in the church don't even believe there's a hell. Well, you know, if we don't believe the truth, then, then, then we believe the world, and we have to take stands. We have to warn them the most loving thing. People say, well, you, we need to be compassionate to the tr- confused transgender 
or the homosexual. I agree. And the most compassionate thing we can do is warn them about the judgment to come and about the eternal salvation we could have in Jesus Christ, and he is the truth. Uh, Steve, there are some things we can do. I want to point out Kirk Cameron. Yeah, he's one guy I really love. He's rolling out a new children's book to counteract, you know, like the, the drag queen story hour in libraries, the messages of pride. And his book is called Pride Comes Before the Fall. And uh, it's a children's book. And he's one of the growing number of, of men that are stepping up and saying, you know what? I need to provide alternate messages. We need to help our young children, especially Christian kids. So, Steve, any other advice for Christian parents on uh, how we can respond and how we can combat these immoral messages? Well, I think, first of all, they have to talk to their kids about them, and then they have to show them in the Word, this is what God says. This is this is what is, if, so if you ever have a thought, it could be, it doesn't mean you're something different. And, um, and I think we just have to really instill in our kids. Parents have to get more engaged with their kids. They have to talk to them. They have to tell them to turn off their iPads and their iPhones and, and have conversations with them. I mean, my goodness, mm. we're called to train our kids. The God never said, raise your children. He said, train your children. And we have to train them in the way that they should go. So we have to constantly put the Word of God in there, constantly, um, you know, uh, telling them what the truth is. And that's, that's that's what we have to do. That's what Kirk Cameron's doing. He's putting a book in kids' hands that, that, that'll tell them the truth. Mm. And we... We have to talk to our kids. We we have to let them know. Even my grandkids, I'll say, now, you know, if someone ever touches you, you run, you fight, you spit, you kick, you do whatever it takes. You throw rocks at them, you hit them, you, you, you just get away from them. And, mm-hmm. and because they're wrong, they're evil, they're awful. And, and the homosexual movement is recruiting our kids, and, and the church is sitting back saying, we don't want to offend people. Yeah. Well, if you offend one of these little ones, it's better that you tie a millstone around your neck and drown yourself in the sea. So we have to constantly. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Mm. And hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Mm. And hearing and hearing by the Word of God. <laughs> we have to, at our homes, tell our kids what the truth is so they can have faith to know how to fight um, the onslaught of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to recruiting, they'll be like, you're not going to recruit me. I think the militancy of the movement really puts people off, and I think I think people are intimidated by yes. that they are so militant. Yes, now, um, and and I think you know if you if you have someone in your life or you know of someone who is in the lifestyle, God deals with people one on one. That's an opportunity to share. Yes, um, you know the truth of God's word and the truth of hell and, and judgment and and what it means to be saved. But the whole militancy aspect aspect is going to be with us till the end. And by the way, warning, warning, friends, Pride Month is just around the corner, and it's not just Pride Month because their agenda is queer all year. Mm-hmm. Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico, God bless you, sir. Thank you for your leadership and your bold stand and your voice. Uh, Lord willing, we'll talk to you again in the near future. Well, thank you guys for having me, and you guys are awesome. Thank you for fighting and taking the stand you take. Amen, brother. Praise God. Thank you. To him be the glory. Coming up next uh, Monday, have a great Memorial Day. We are off. Alex Newman, journalist, CEO of the Liberty Sentinel, is with us on Tuesday. He's with Freedom Project Media, the Newman Report, and the New American Magazine. We'll be talking about education and globalism and a lot more with Alex Newman Tuesday. God bless you, friends. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.